0: Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast.
3: I'm sorry, folks, I can't help it. I can't help when I when I when I see I watch the, the drive by media and the news outlets up there, and they say Biden is narrowing vote totals. Biden isn't narrowing anything. Democrat operatives are narrowing vote totals. Anybody doubt this? Well, when you see Biden narrowing the gap in a state. Democrat operatives are narrowing the gap in a state.
0: Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida,
3: it's Open Line Friday! And oh man, oh man. Well, here we are. No place I'd rather be today than right here with you folks. 800-282-2882. No, no, I'm serious. No, no, I wouldn't rather be at home taking it easy. (laughs) No way. Right here is where I want to be. Wrapping up yet another busy broadcast week. There wasn't any blue wave out there. Biden didn't lead any blue wave. Biden didn't campaign. Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock has a fascinating piece. I saw he was interviewed by Tucker Carlson last night. And he made a point about this campaign. Love versus hate. And it's, it's a fascinating piece. And he's a little disappointed that hate overcame love. Well, here's his point. Here's his point. And I wasn't going to get into this now, but, but since I've mentioned it, I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll just give you the rough edges and we'll get into detail as the program unfolds. But Whitlock said that this was a contrast in America of love versus hate. And he started by saying Donald Trump's voters love him. It is pure. It's unabashed. It is total. Trump's voters literally love him. They love him for who he is. They love him for what he's done. They love him because he fights for them. They love him because he never gave up. They love him because he never wilted in four years of character assassinations. Bottom line, as far as Jason Whitlock is concerned, massive love. And he thought, hoped that love would overcome and overpower hate. But he says it apparently didn't. Because the hatred for Donald Trump is what defeated him. He points out there isn't any love for Joe Biden. There isn't any connection. We all know this. Joe Biden doesn't have a connection with voters. People were not even voting for Joe Biden. We've been through this. They're voting for the guy with a D next to the name. But but according to Whitlock, they're voting for the guy you had to vote for if you hated Donald Trump. And he's very disappointed. He dis- it, 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 it doesn't think this is good for the country with hate triumphing. And he believes that it was hate that triumphed over love, that there was more hate, literal, unabashed, raw hatred for Donald Trump. And that it overpowered and overcame all of the unprecedented love for the guy. So that's basically his point. And it's uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. And I like it because it properly categorizes the Biden vote. There wasn't any Biden vote. This, I, look, I know, folks, I know. You're thinking, it's irrelevant. Russia had a vote for him. He's a Democrat on the ballot. I know. And it doesn't matter to anything now. But it matters to me. I'm sorry. The guy that won did not have any kind of massive pro-support. He was just the vessel. He was just the recipient of whatever anti-Trump sentiment there was out there. Now, he can tell himself all day long he's been elected president, because he has. But... Well, the reason I keep mentioning it is that it's too late now, but there, there should have been a way, there could have been a way to counter that as part of the campaign, but you'll notice that the Republicans and the Democrats never—Republicans uh, and the Trump people never once tried to properly categorize the Biden support. But it's a moot point now, so—and I've, uh, I've, made, I've made my point about it. Look, I know many of you are extremely upset. You're, you're angry. Uh, you are sad. You are sad. Not just at the thought of of, uh, of Biden pulling ahead, Democrat operatives pulling ahead, but the, the idea of corruption, shenanigans, the unfairness of it all. It is. It's outrageous. It should not be happening in the greatest and most developed democracy in the world. And you know what's going on now that the cable networks, MSNBC and CNN, are waiting to make the call because they want Fox to do it. They are demanding that Fox proclaim. You hate Fox now. Well, they want Fox to make the call. They are waiting. They could do it right now if they wanted to project Biden because they've got they got Pennsylvania, and they've got Arizona. They you know CNN has not projected Arizona. Fox and AP are the only ones that have, but they could. And they can put Biden over the top. They want Fox to do it. They are convinced that if they beg enough that Rupert Murdoch will do it, they'll do it. Fox has not proclaimed Biden the winner. They want him to project him the winner. They've got Fox has him at 264. They want him to give him whatever it takes, Nevada. You understand this now. They want Fox News to do it because Fox News is is supposedly... Trump's network, they want total repudiation. They want total rep- they want everything that made Trump successful to turn against him. Including you. They want you who voted for Trump to turn against him. They want Fox to be the one to call the race to put Biden over the top. They want anybody and everybody who had anything to do with electing Donald Trump president to have to be the ones to proclaim that he has lost. They want everybody who was on Trump's team to abandon him. And they really want that of Fox News. I mean, Jake Tapper is begging them. Jake Tapper on CNN is begging the the Murdochs to put profits aside and do what's right for America and proclaim Joe Biden the winner. That's why these other networks haven't done it. I guarantee you they're waiting for Fox to do it, and they are convinced that Rupert Murdoch and his sons will do it. You doubt me? That's what they're waiting on. They don't want anybody to ever try what Donald Trump did here. They did. This is message day. This is message time. If you try to come in here and bust up the Washington establishment, the deep state, you're going to have happen to you what Donald Trump happened. You're going to get destroyed. You're going to be totally repudiated. You're going to be sent out of town in the most embarrassing state you have ever lived in. They are moving in for what they think is total destruction. And it is. It's outrageous. Should not be happening. Greatest, most developed democracy in the world. I share those feelings with you. You're not alone. You're not crazy. There's millions and millions are with you today. The exact same boat. But despite this, there's one thing that doesn't change, and as 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 as, hard as it may seem today and as pointless as you may think it is today, folks, we do have to continue to fight to preserve the America way of life, to preserve the America we know and love. And by the way, the voters on Election Day gave us a lot of assistance. This country is actually moving conservative. That's why the presidential election is so strange. When you look at what happened elsewhere, Down-ballot in the states, U.S. Congress, the House of Representatives, United States Senate. When you look at what happened in those elections, there is no trend to the Democrats. There's a trend away from the Democrats other than the presidential race. You just have to hope that goodness prevails, that all of this mess leads to something that we can remotely digest. But see, the problem is we know these votes, and they're all found when we're asleep. They find these votes at 2.30 in the morning. They find these votes at 4 o'clock in the morning. The vote's for Biden. And they are as legitimate as the Steele dossier. That's how I look at them. As legitimate as the Steele dossier. We, We know that both are frauds. And we all know why the Democrats insist they're real. The Democrats insist the Steele dossier was real. It was totally made up. It was fabricated. There was want a single word in the Steele dossier that was true. It formed the basis of the coup. The same people are counting, quote-unquote, these votes. No, my point is, the entire election showed that the country is moving conservative. There are still 34 House races to be called... Eighteen of those are leaning Republican. This is its unbelievable. The Republicans may get enough seats to be 50-50 with the Democrats in the House of Representatives next January. The Democrats have lost everything they picked up in the midterms in 2018. Has anybody put it to you that way? The 2018 midterms were a disaster. The Democrats have lost every seat they picked up in the 2018 midterms two years ago. The House of Representatives may end up being 50-50. And yet Donald Trump is losing his ass everywhere else? Well, you know why. They're only altering presidential ballots. They're not taking the time to alter the whole ballot. Don't have time for that. It's it's Trump they want. It's Trump they want out of town. It's Trump they want frog marched out. It's Trump they want humiliated. In the Senate, the Democrats are trying to take control away from the Republicans, but it looks like that the Republicans are going to end up with at least 51 seats and maybe 52, which puts the kibosh on whatever radical left agenda Crazy Bernie had in mind with Joe Biden and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. But it's amazing to look at this in states all over. The GOP, one big nine states, have moved to have a trifecta of all three branches. Even North Carolina held the GOP in the state house and the state senate, and that wasn't expected to happen. And North Carolina, they're probably if I if I had a wild guess, I'd say to make it look good, they're gonna give Trump North Carolina. And when I say give, because I think I think they're assigning things now, I don't think it has to do with who's actually legitimately winning anything. Democrat operatives are finding the votes they need when most everybody is asleep. They're not letting anybody watch them count. Yeah, there's still some options open for Trump, I think. I'll I'll run through some of them. Time is of the essence, though. I'm telling you, the pressure's on. The the drive-by media is hoping and praying that somebody will call it for Biden this hour, folks. I just saw Wolf Blitz talking. It could happen in minutes. It could happen in hours. It could happen in a few minutes. They're sending out the signal. For the entire country to move right, like it's done in this election... But then to have voted for the most socialist, leftist, senile man ever to run doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. All of these down-ballot races going Republican, all the minority votes going Republican because of Donald Trump. You've even got the chairman of the Black Entertainment Network, Bob Johnson, saying this is a tragedy. Blacks would be much better off if Trump had won. Bob Johnson, BET, saying that today. Might have been last night. But for the entire country to move right, but to have voted for this clown? Sorry, Joe Biden. They didn't vote for Joe Biden. See, I I keep making that point. There's one other thing here. Listen to this. If this doesn't put it in perspective, nothing will. This is a tweet from some guy known as the People's Pundit. Oops. You know what? This may take me some time to explain. It's like kind of using numbers, although there aren't any numbers, but it's going to may take some time. Let me take a break. So I have ample time on the other side to properly explain this. So I just got this note. I just got this note from Breadbear Bear Fox News saying that I've conceded the election. He wants to know if that's true. Did you concede the election? You think that Biden's—I didn't say that. I'm dealing in some hypotheticals here, but I've never conceded the election. I've never said that this was over. I've never—in fact, just finished saying that Trump's got legal options open to him. And I was going to get into those here in just a second. I'm sorry if anybody misunderstood me in speaking in these hypotheticals, but I don't—maybe I mean, when I'm talking about how in the world can— we win all these seats down ballot, pick up seats in the House, maybe be 50-50, hold on to the Senate, hold on to the legislature in, Cal- in, in North Carolina, and, and Trump loses. Maybe maybe when I say that, they think I'm conceding. I'm not. I'm talking about the trend line. I've not conceded anything. All I've said was is that the cable networks are waiting for Fox to do it. I, by the way, I wrote back. and said, Brett, you guys better be on the lookout because that's what they're doing. They're waiting for you to do it. They want you to eat crow. They want Murdoch to eat crow. They want you guys to be the ones to repudiate Trump. So if anybody out there thinks I've conceded anything, wrong-o. And if I gave that impression, then I'd take it back because that was not the intention. Now, let me see. I've eaten into some points. The time I was going to use here to make a point. A fascinating tweet. Listen to this. Donald Trump won the largest non-white vote share for a Republican presidential candidate in 60 years. Now, we had that bit of news yesterday. Let's add to it. Trump won the largest minority vote share for a Republican in 60 years. Joe Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every major metro area except, are you ready, Milwaukee, Detroit, Metro Atlanta, Philadelphia. Let me go through this again. Joe Biden did worse than Hillary Clinton in every major metro area Except for four. Milwaukee, i.e. Wisconsin. Detroit, i.e. Michigan. Atlanta, i.e. Georgia. Philadelphia, i.e. Pennsylvania. Just so happen to be the four states that are going to put Biden over the top in their scenarios here. Biden did worse than Hillary, who lost... Everywhere but those four. And it wasn't because the Democrats had a get out the vote effort. That's the kicker. The Democrats did not win Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, Pennsylvania with a get out the vote effort. They did it with a get out the Democrat operative effort, which is still going on. Biden isn't closing any gap. Democrat operatives working in these counting centers overnight are closing the gap. In other words, there wasn't a get out the vote effort that put Biden over the top in these four states. It is chicanery in the vote counting process. Again, I have not conceded this election and I'm not going to be the one to do it. And welcome back. It's open line Friday. Okay, the Trump team has a case to make here. The Trump team has a case to make for the courts and a case to make to the American people. And I hope that the Trump legal team allows the president to get the message out on where the evidence of vote fraud exists. Because when they get the evidence, then release the evidence. Don't let the fake news cartel set the narrative and allow it to be accepted and unchallenged. And I fear that this is what's happening out there. So let's look at some irregularities in swing state voting. Now, I just touched on this in one way. I'm going to do it again. Biden, this is what we're told. Biden outperforms senators in swing states, but underperforms in Virginia, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. Something doesn't jibe here. Biden, and this is, to me, this is big. Biden underperforms Hillary Clinton and Obama. Underperforms means... That he did worse, Biden got fewer votes in this election than Hillary and Obama, except in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Wisconsin. How the hell does that happen? Joe Biden gets fewer votes than Hillary and Obama. All over this country, on Tuesday, this year, except in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, every damn state he needs, where they have been counting votes in the dark, where they have not been letting people in to watch the vote counting process, where they've been putting cardboard up on the windows doing everything they can to prevent anybody from watching what they're doing with ballots coming in by the tens of thousands overnight while everybody else is asleep. How does this, how does Biden do worse than Obama and Hillary, except in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin? And there's no get out the vote effort, folks. They did not have that. They didn't spend their money on that. Meaning there was no grassroots. And we had people calling and commenting on this. There were nobody knocking on doors. There were nobody driving little yellow buses on Tuesday to get Biden voters to the polling places. that, that, That get out the vote effort didn't happen. This is all done under cover of darkness. Then you've got these mail in ballot dumps with 100% margins for Joe Biden. Come on, folks, as Biden likes to say. Come on, man. We're supposed to sit here and believe this. A tranche of 10,000 ballots comes in here, 25,000 of them. Every damn one of them is for Joe Biden. But there's nothing strange going on here. In the midst of all this, the Republicans lose zero seats in the House, and they're going to hold 51 to 52 seats in the Senate. So Let me tell you what this is. This is an entirely made up scenario. So now you're going to have you're going to have the media saying things to people like Mitt Romney. And Lindsey Graham and all, you know, a bunch of mainstream Republican establishment types, you need to reject Trumpism. See what happened? Trump is the reason you lost this state. It's the exact opposite. But they're going to tell these guys Trumpism is why Biden wins these. No, it's not. Chicanery is. There's another interesting story. Now, this is from last night. It's by Stu Servic at Red State. And the title of his piece is, It's Not Even Close to Being Over. It says, I forced myself to listen to parts of Dementia Joe's victory speech yesterday. And I found myself shouting at his blatant lies. The most egregious lie was that he claimed that when all the ballots are counted, he will have received the most in presidential history. That's an even bigger lie than Hillary claiming she won the popular vote in 2016. By the way, how does her claim look in retrospect after what we've witnessed in terms of massive voter fraud and ballot harvesting in Democrat-run swing states over the past two days? Nothing we were told about the 2016 count was legit, because none of it was. This year is even worse. Mr. Servick continues, The reality is that President Trump probably won this in a landslide if you count the legal ballots. Even Las Vegas betting odds had switched to Trump on Tuesday night after he built substantial leads in these swing states by midnight on Election Day. Unfortunately... The betting markets didn't account for Democrat ballot harvesting in those states. Late on election day, President Trump was ahead to the point of statistical certainty that he would win Wisconsin, North Carolina. He was up by 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but Rush, they hadn't counted. Why not? Why hadn't they counted the cities? Why did they wait to count Philadelphia, Pittsburgh? Trump's up 700,000. They waited to find out how many they would need. What do you mean, why didn't they count them? In fact, I don't believe that anyway. Trump is up 700,000 in Pennsylvania. Now he's down nine, almost 10,000 votes. After being up 700,000. You telling me that in all of those votes, there weren't any for Trump? This is absolutely right. Late on election day, Trump was ahead to the point of statistical certainty that he would win Wisconsin, North Carolina, still way ahead, North Carolina, 76,000 votes, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Nevada. Those are all swing states. Then Democrat operatives, i.e. governors in those states magically stopped the vote counting. I'm sure you remember that. They stopped counting the votes. We're all asking ourselves why. Well, we know why. We're asking it rhetorically. Election night, Tuesday at about midnight in the East Coast. Trump led in all the battleground states by decent margins. The betting odds, the betting markets, more than 75% for Trump to win. And for some inexplicable reason, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Nevada all seemingly stopped counting votes at the same time in unison. They took a pause at around 1 a.m. None of those states reported any additional votes for the next three hours. Somehow, though, sufficient ballots were found. Ballots. We don't even know if these are votes. They found ballots. Somehow sufficient ballots were found to put Biden over the top in several of those states, with more movement toward Biden coming in, the rest for those found ballots. Many of those bunches of ballots found were exclusively marked for Biden, which is a statistical impossibility. Then we have the turnout. The turnout in those swing states far exceeded historical norms. That's another statistical anomaly and a clear indication of ballot harvesting and voter fraud. There's no such things as coincidences, especially in politics, and I learned that during the Clinton years. So Trump was up in those swing states by big margins, with on average less than a quarter of the votes remaining to be counted, that Biden was able to make up the difference in those states without a get-out-the-vote effort. Seems to me to be statistically impossible. Yet he did it. So the title of his piece is not even close to being over, not by a long shot, even though it's from from yesterday. The, The notion that the Democrat Party is a majority party is a myth. I've been telling anybody who would listen, I've been trying to make this point all year. I've been trying to make this point the past three years. The Democrat Party, contrary to what the media want you to believe, the pollsters, and all, it is not anywhere near majority Democrat or majority radical left. The Democrat Party is in no, the only way they can win is to effectively eliminate elections. That's what they've done here. Do you realize this? Do you realize what they've literally done here is eliminate elections by coming along and running them this way? This is not an election. That has taken place here. This is after the election, making adjustments in it based on what they need. That's what's happened. And this is a forerunner of a prediction that I have been making for a couple of years now. That the Democrats' real desire, way down the road, is to eliminate the need for elections. That's the one thing they don't control in all this. It's the one thing where they lose and they are not going to tolerate that. And if they can get hold of the vote counting process, if they can get hold of the ballot harvesting process, if they can get like they have here, then elections are really not what determine who wins and loses. And that's exactly what they want. The notion that they are a majority party is a myth That voter fraud has helped them and their sycophants in the media propagate for decades. If you take voter fraud away, take it out of the equation and the corruption that it promotes, the Democrat Party will be relegated to the radical rump party that it truly is. It's that small, folks. The Democrat Party is nowhere near a majority party. But Russia, they win in so many places. We are, you know, yeah. The Democrats are strong in communities. Take a look at the county by county map. Take a look at the acreage. The Democrats do not dominate this country. They dominate communities. They dominate a coastal community here, a coastal community there, but they do not dominate the country. Not with their thinking, not with their ideology. That has to be forced on us. We do not vote for it. We do not accept it, is my point. We don't want it. We don't want this. We're not happily voting for this stuff. And neither did a lot of other people. They are finding people who did, but it's obviously filled with all kinds of super questions. Knowing what we know, about the fighter that who our president is. What is the likelihood that he, knowing what to expect and telling us he knew it was coming. What's the likelihood he wouldn't do anything about it? Or what's the likelihood he would not have any plan to counteract and capitalize this? The answer is zero. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what plans they have. But Trump has been ahead of the opposition. Including... In his own party, strategy wise from the moment he announced in 2015. Got to take a break. You sit tight, we'll come back. Open line Friday, get started on the phones right after this. Okay, open excuse me, Open Line Friday, let's get started on the phones. This is Kirsten. Kirsten's in Long Island. It's great to have you. Hi. Hi, it's Kristen. Kristen, sorry, it says Kirsten up there. I'm sorry. <laughs>
4: It's okay. God bless you, Rush. We love you. We are praying for you. I lit a candle for you at Mass today, so we're with you.
3: Well, I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you very much.
4: Yeah, so well, I don't know if it's a question or a comment, but I, I felt like Brett Bear when I heard you in the beginning, and it, I'm just feeling like we're, I, you were saying how, you know, it's great we won seats in the Senate, and and um, the House, and I just felt like, so what? Because if, if we don't win the presidency, if they're able to steal it, they're going to eventually be able to steal the election in the Senate and the Congress. And I feel like it's because of Trump that they got those votes. I don't think the people are behind the Republicans. I think the people are behind Trump.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I may, I, I, I spent a lot of time making that point yesterday.
4: Yeah, I heard you. But a few days ago, you were like, don't worry, we got this. And now it felt like you were saying, well, if we don't win the—you know, it felt like you were saying, well, if we don't win the presidency, look at what we've done. And I'm like,
3: it doesn't matter. I vote. I'm a—you know, I— No, you misunderstood misunderstood the context. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're—I'm trying to ask a question. How can— They're all saying Trump—I'm reacting to the left. They're waiting for Fox to call this. Do not doubt me. They think it's over. I'm reacting—I'm simply saying how—here we go. It's a hypothetical. How the hell can the president lose an election where all this other stuff happens for the Republicans? They gain seats in the House to go 50-50. They hold the Senate. How does it work? I'm essentially saying I don't believe that Trump lost— but that's what they're asking us to accept. What they want us to believe is the opposite of what you said. They want us to believe this country voted for Republicans, but against Trump. It's the exact opposite. And I'm simply asking how in the world can they say that the people of this country voted to send Republicans to the House in equal numbers with Democrats and to hold the Senate? and reject Donald Trump. Now, if you heard me say that, and that makes you think I think it's over, that's a mistake. Bad word choice on my part. I'm simply saying these two things don't go together. Now, they're trying to tell us, and they're trying to set the stage for as many people believing as possible that the people of this country chose Republicans but rejected Trump. As you just pointed out, you can't divvy it up that way. The people of this country voted Trump. And that's why... They're going to get gain seats in the House, the Republicans are, 50-50 in the House, and maintain the one to two, maybe three-seat majority in the Senate because of support for Trump. I'm trying to warn everybody. They're trying to set it up so that it's the Republicans that did okay, but that Trump was rejected. They've got—they are—they are—, they are Folks, they're, they're poisoned and deranged with Trump hatred. They need Trump repudiated even if they have to lie to themselves about it. And that's what they're trying to set up here. So I'm simply asking a question that to me defies logic. The answer defies logic. How can the Republicans do this well everywhere else and yet Trump is on a losing end in these states like this. It doesn't make any sense, is what I was trying to say. Anyway, I'm glad you called, gave me the chance here to straighten it out. Kristen, we will be back. Okay, folks, we got, uh, we got other anomalies out here. Record low enthusiasm for Biden in many major cities. He lost support, lost votes in New York City, Chicago, and Miami. 200,000 votes in New York City, 260,000 votes in Chicago, 7,000 votes in Miami, but Atlanta, Detroit, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, he gets enough uptick there in those four to win. In their projections, I'm not saying you got to you got to be cool here. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together
5: we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality Podcast.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And we are back. Rush Limbaugh and the EIB Network, the Limbaugh Institute. We are arrayed against those commie SOBs, folks, and we are going to take care of them. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday. Absolutely. Open Line Friday. Whatever you want to talk about, fine. Look forward to it. Telephone number is 800-282-288 to the email address, elrushbow at eibnet.us. Look, here we go with more. There's just, there's stuff out there that defies common sense. And again, Joe Biden underperforming both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, which means Joe Biden got fewer votes than Hillary and Obama, 2016, 2008, or 2012, in New York City, Chicago, Miami, a number of other major big cities. However, in Atlanta, Detroit, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, in other words, in Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Philadelphia, or Pennsylvania. Joe Biden's going through the roof? Despite getting fewer votes in Hillary and all the other major big cities and no get out the vote effort? How does this happen? Literally, I'm, I'm seeing the stories out there. Biden, most votes in American history... Well, Trump got six million more votes than he got in in, in 2016 or four million more. It was a big turnout race. There's no question a huge turnout. But you can't have Biden doing worse in New York City, worse in Chicago, worse in Miami than Hillary did and Obama did. And somehow be setting records everywhere in these other four states. I still can't get over Trump being up 700,000 votes on Tuesday night in Pennsylvania. And it's all gone. And plugs has something like 10,000 of vote advantage there now. Mitch McConnell tweeted, uh, let's see, about 8 o'clock this morning. Here's how this must work in our great country. Every legal vote should be counted. Any illegally submitted votes must not. All sides must get to observe the process. And the courts are here to apply the laws and resolve disputes. That's how Americans' votes decide the result. Now, Mitch McConnell has this exactly right. You know who doesn't agree with this? The Democrats. They don't, this is a simple and clear statement that they totally disagree with. They don't want anybody watching them count the votes. They don't want anybody observing the process. They have not let anybody observe the process. They have defied court orders to let people observe the process. The Democrats have no interest in legalities. The Democrats have no interest in fairness here. They never have had The Democrats, they don't care if only 20% of the country agrees with them. It doesn't matter. They're going to obtain power regardless of that. They're not going to let elections stop them. Donald Trump Jr., when America sees everything we are uncovering, they'll be disgusted And even the media won't be able to pretend voter fraud isn't real. Ending this crap once and for all will be fundamental to preserving our Republican faith and democracy. That tweet is from 7.48 a.m. today. Donald Trump Jr., when America sees everything we're uncovering, they'll be disgusted. And even the media won't be able to pretend that voter fraud isn't real. I'm certain he's right. Time is of the essence. We need to see the fraud. There needs to be rampant evidence of the fraud. Common sense isn't enough. We know it's happening. The Democrats are involved. We know it's happening. the media's out there, we well, haven't seen one evidence of fraud. You can yeah, because nobody's allowing observers in to watch what's going on. Another tweet from Donald Trump Jr. There is infinitely more evidence of voter fraud than there ever was of Russia collusion. Strangely, nobody in the media wants to look into it. It's not strange the media that what- why does everybody think the media is going to look at this fairly? Why? Do, uh, I'm sorry, this is trying my. Why does anybody in the Trump team think the media is going to help them? What What are they doing? I don't look it. I don't mean. This is hard. But if you're waiting for the media to fix this, good God, it isn't going to get fixed. He's right. There's infinitely more evidence of voter fraud than there ever was of Russia collusion. Strangely, no one in the media wants to look into it. It's not strange at all. The media ain't not going to look into it. The media made up the Russia collusion story. The media made up the Steele dossier. The media made up everything about that story. There was nothing ever real about it. They're not going to come in and expose this. The media is behind all of this because the media isn't media anymore. The media is Democrat operatives. There isn't any journalism going on here. Everybody on every cable news network that you're watching, including some of them on Fox, are activists. They are not journalists. They're not looking for evidence of fraud. They're looking for the fastest way they can proclaim Biden the winner. We all know what's going on, and we know that if roles were reversed, we know how this would be covered. If Trump were winning this, this would be nothing but fraud, and the media would be showing us gobs and gobs of evidence of it, supposedly. And all these Democrat operatives in all these states would be allowed to examine every ballot— And then they would show us on TV the hanging chads or whatever evidence of fraud there was if the roles here were reversed. We all know how this operates. We all know how this works. A caller yesterday noted that during the cheat fest that uh, that down-ballot Republicans were winning while Trump was hemorrhaging votes. Now, here is a tweet. It just adds to the point. Republicans are not losing in down ticket races because the industrial scale ballot fraudsters were only marking presidential boxes to save time. It means more fraud per minute if you ignore the rest. So what this what this tweet's pointing out. The reason why the Republicans are prevailing down ballot, the reason why they're going to have a 50-50 break in the House, the reason why they're going to have two to three seat majority in the Senate is because the fraudsters are not wasting time engaging in the fraud, correcting the down ballot races because they're so busy focused on getting rid of Trump. So all they're focusing on is the presidential box, the check mark box, wherever on these absentee and mail-in ballots. That's what they're changing. That's what they're focusing on. We know what's happening. Trump and his team are going to have to fight this all the way to the Supreme Court, and they're sounding like they're going to. The court, the Democrats are so easy to hijack, so eager to hijack, so eager to pack. Now, I was reading something in uh, in Axios today. It's a millennial publication, drive-by left-wing media and they they were i think they're a little f- apprehensive a little frightened of things trump could do to counteract what's 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 happening here one of the things that axios suggested out there trump could do an executive order and i haven't run this down but i don't know if axios is right about this sounds legit Trump could do an executive order requiring governors and attorney generals of the states to report how many registered voters there are versus how many people actually voted and what was the breakdown of the vote. Put the onus on the states to do this and take it off of Trump. Trump can issue the executive order we, look because this is where some of the biggest frauds taking place we've seen it in Wisconsin and we've seen it in Philadelphia all of these dead people that are voting all of these the, the the numbers of people registered versus the number of people voting the number of people voting is dwarfing the number of people registered in other words people that aren't alive are voting people that don't live there anymore are voting so issue an executive order requiring the governors and the attorney generals of the Secretaries of State, maybe, of these states, to give us the numbers. You if you're if if we're gonna show fraud, we're gonna have to shine the light on some. And this is this is some of the most obvious fraud. If you've got X numbers of registered voters in a state, let's just give a round number I've got three million registered voters but four million people voted in that state then you've got a problem you have a million illegal votes so let's get the real numbers and let's find out what they are state by state by state and right there we're off to the races in demonstrating and showing fraud the medias out there saying we haven't seen any evidence of fraud you don't have any evidence of fraud you can't show. well let's go get some Here's another piece. This is in Breitbart, and it's a piece written by Robert Krejcik, but it quotes a statistics and other expert by the name of Hans von Spakovsky. I'm going to take a break here so I have ample time to deal with this. We'll be right back, and we'll also resume on the phones with your call. So hang on. Here is the mayor, by the way, of Philadelphia. His name is Jim Kenney, and he just spoke
7: mere moments ago. While some, including the president, continue to spew baseless claims of fraud, claims for which his team has not produced one iota of evidence, what we have seen here in Philadelphia is democracy, pure and simple. Our founding fathers, who conceived this system just a 15-minute walk down the street, I know would be proud. 233 years after the Constitutional Convention, We stand at this convention center and proclaim the system still works. The people have spoken. And God willing, we will have a peaceful transition to power in January.
3: I'm not trying to make you mad, folks, but that's what the mayor of of Philadelphia is saying. Um, They're in the process of stealing an election. They stand there and say that it would make the founding fathers proud. In Nevada... The verified Twitter account, Nevada GOP, our lawyers just sent a criminal referral to the Attorney General, William Barr, regarding at least 3,062 instances of voter fraud. We expect that number to grow substantially. Thousands of people have been identified who appear to have violated the law by casting ballots after they moved away from Nevada. I don't think that's where the fraud is. I think there's 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 ample fraud in in uh, the dead voting and but there's not there's not seven hundred thousand ballots of fraud with that kind of you. I'll tell you where this is going to be discovered if it's discovered. Mail in ballots. Mail in ballots is where this is all happening. And the mail-in ballots exist because of COVID-19. COVID hits and the Democrats immediately saw an opportunity. It's too scary. It's too dangerous. It's too risky to show up on election day at the polls. We're going to devise a way where you can vote in complete safety. We're going to have mail-in ballots. You're not going to have to prove who you are. You're not going to have to prove where you are. You don't have to prove anything. We're going to send you a mail-in ballot if you want it, and then you can vote and mail it in. That's where that's where all this is, folks. If you ask me my own humble opinion, that's where all of this is. Digging it out, this is where you're going to have to look. Now, this uh, this piece from Breitbart, hands. Or Hans Hans von Spakovsky. One hundred and twenty thousand straight vote dump for Biden is not possible. Vote dumps. This is bags, buckets, whatever of votes that show up while we are asleep. To the tune of one hundred and twenty thousand, which are entirely. For Vice President Joe Biden cannot be credible. Hans von Spakovsky is manager of the Heritage Foundation's election law reform initiative. He is a senior legal fellow of the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. And he offered his analysis yesterday afternoon. He was asked about reports of uh, drastic spikes in vote counts for Biden in the early hours of Wednesday morning. He said, if those reports are correct, I don't understand it. The way you do counting is you simply count all of the ballots. You don't divide. They're not divided up between the candidates. So the precinct reporting that's coming in ought to be reporting the total vote count, regardless who it's for. So again, if it's confirmed that there are these weird reports coming out of votes only for one candidate and not the other, you have to question what's going on. He was then asked what advice he would offer the president with respect to protecting electoral integrity. Hans von Spakovsky said the only thing that's going to help Trump now is lawful means, court orders ordering election officials to comply with the law and to not count absentee ballots that have been received in violation of state law. That's where my resources would be concentrated if I was doing this. So there you have it. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, St. Simons Island, Georgia. This is Julie. Welcome to the EIB Network. Hello.
8: Hi, Rush. I'm calling in regards to the voter fraud in Georgia. I'll get right to the point. Um, On election night, There was a water main break in Fulton County, heavily Democratic district. They announced they were going to stop the counting at 1030. Um, After Republican poll watchers were removed, they then resumed counting. And magically, all these thousands of votes are showing up for Biden.
0: I remember
7: this.
8: I don't buy it. I called the Forsyth County chairman for the GOP. He confirmed, yes, they did start counting. And there were no GOP poll watchers. So this kind of thing... Needs to be exposed and investigated because why
3: were there no GOP poll workers?
8: Exactly, if they have nothing to hide.
3: Well, they, but they'd been sent home because of the water main break, maybe.
8: Yeah, maybe they don't want them to get wet. I don't know.
3: And the Democrats but, um, knew that the water main break brain was a temporary thing and didn't go home.
8: Right. So you know, it's things like this. A deep red state like Georgia, I don't buy it. Nobody buys it. Well,
3: you so, know what else I'm makes me suspicious been... about Georgia? What's that? <laughs> Something that they announced today. Uh. They announced that it was John Lewis's district that put Biden over the top in the Atlanta metro. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is just that's too quaint. That is too big a political. John Lewis, who. Pelosi was livid that Trump never acknowledged. John Lewis, uh, uh, she was ripping up Trump's State of the Union address after I had been awarded the Presidential Medal of Honor. She thought John Lewis should get it. And so now John Lewis's district is who buries Trump. ...in Georgia, and, and I just, it's just too convenient. It's just too pat. It's just, it's, it's no different than CNN demanding that Fox project Biden the winner. That's exactly what they want to happen. None of this makes any real sense. It's just, it's just, it's just too coincidental and too pat. We, we, we never hear from the John Lewis district at all in elections. Ever. Now, all of a sudden, it's the John Lewis district. After he has passed away, that nails Trump's presidential fortunes in Georgia. Oh, isn't that just the P. S. de resistance? Anyway, Julie, I'm glad you called. I appreciate it. And I really appreciate you getting to the point. Got in, got it, and got out. We'll be right back. Greetings. Welcome back. Open line Friday. Rush Limbaugh executing assigned host duties flawlessly. Zero mistakes. So the mayor... Of Philadelphia, there ain't any evidence of voter fraud. You can look all you want; there in it. Let, the the evidence is being gathered for litigation. That's what's going on. The Trump team is doing everything it can to gather the evidence. They got to go get affidavits. The efforts to keep the Republicans out of the counting facilities makes this slower. But that's what's going on. The evidence, they are doing everything they can to gather the evidence right now. And meanwhile, the Democrats are doing everything they can to counter the idea that Trump had a great turnout with African-Americans. That's why they're pushing the John Lewis district is the reason that Biden carried Georgia, the reason he carried that district. They're doing everything. they got James Clyburn, all these other congressional Black Caucasian guys on TV, they're, they're doing everything they can to knock down the idea that Trump had a great pro-Trump minority turnout. He did. They're, they're, folks, they're in the process of erasing the facts of this election and hiding the truth. So it's going to take a while. Got to get abidavits and not letting the Republicans into these counting facilities. We're only three days into this, folks. Al Gore spent 37 days in one state. Florida, 37 days trying to overturn that state. There's a whole lot more states here. This isn't going to get resolved today or over this weekend. Uh, Back to the phones, open line Friday. Michael in Cleveland. Welcome, sir. Great to have you.
9: Hey, Rush, Thanks for taking my call. Hey, maybe uh, I I need to adjust a little bit as the show's gone on. Uh, I did feel a little bit at the beginning of the show that you were just sort of reporting facts and I don't hear the anger in your voice that I did with the Russia collusion. And I don't know if we're all just getting beat down a little bit and starting to accept things. But like during the Russia collusion case, you were furious. And now we've they've stolen an election. And I feel like we're more just a kind of reporting facts. And, you know, I'm just wondering how things are going if, you know, if it's time for us to worry at this point, I mean, they have pop culture, they have the media, they have the news. It looks like they're going to have Fox
3: News. now. None of, that's new. Not, none of that's new. None of the pop culture, education, none of that's new. They've had that stuff for years and years and years. Well, I, that I'm aware of. But
9: as things have progressed, they have now basically stolen an election at this point. And I feel like a lot of the people... A lot of the talking heads are like, "Well, you know, this is."
3: It's not the first election that they've. It's not the first election. The 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 whole Russian thing, twenty six was about trying to steal that election. They were trying to reverse the results of it. This is what they do. They tried to steal the Florida election in 2000, and they got beat at it. This is what they do. They lose elections and every damn one of them. They refuse to accept. They're the ones that do not engage in peaceful transitions of power, while accusing Trump and the rest of us. Of the exact same thing well and
9: I agree with that and, and I think what's happening and I know that you are in touch with your audience probably more than anybody but and I, I know that you are aware of the anger out there but I liken it to the, the analogy that you make about Democrats being mad that they've you know the Democrat uh, populace has been promised this and promised that and promised this and promised that nothing ever happens and, the, and then the, the populace is ready to explode I think that's sort of where a lot of us feel like out in the middle of America. You know, Comey's not in jail. Clapper's not in jail. Brennan's not in jail. Hillary's not in jail. They just stole an election. They keep promising. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do well, it, look, and I,
3: I, it. It's not happening.
9: It's not I, happening.
3: I, I, I hate you. Know, you, you, you call here and You had been accusatory of me. I'm not saying that to you. I'm, I've got some buttons here that I never know which ones to push. I was not saying damn it to you. I turned my microphone off and said, damn it. Didn't mean to. Uh, just two days ago, I was making the point that nobody's in jail. Comey, none of these people, struck, stroke, smirk. They're not. In jail. They're still on CNN getting paid to lie. I'm just as livid about all this as you people are, if not more so. And I, I know you can't listen to every minute of every program, but I made that point twice this week. I think what everybody is getting confused about or why everybody thinks that I I acted like this was over, I talked about Jason Whitlock's column at OutKick.com. And Jason Whitlock's in in making the point that he was making, I probably sounded like he sounds, like he thinks it's over. And I was just making the point, reflecting his point, which is that he is disappointed and surprised. He said that this election is not about Democrat, Republican. It's about love and hate and love lost. That's his word, not mine. I'm simply telling people what he said. And he points out that Trump's voters love him. They love him unconditionally. They love Trump no matter what. They went to the end of the earth for Trump. They went to rallies. They put themselves through... Arduous circumstances to attend rallies. They went to cold weather. They left their jobs. They did everything they could because they loved Donald Trump. They even turned out in greater numbers in or twenty twenty than they did in twenty sixteen. But Whitlock said, "Not me." Whitlock said that the hate for Trump beat him, and I'm simply quoting the Whitlock piece. He was disappointed he's acting like maybe he thinks it's over. I should have specified that I'm quoting Whitlock with every sentence that I was actually quoting or discussing. But his point was that Biden didn't win anything, that hate did. Hate for Trump. And he was expressing disappointment that in the United States of America, hatred overcame love. He thought it'd be just the exact opposite. Now, my point is hatred has not trot Well, hatred, hatred is driving the fraud. Hatred is driving the cheating. Hatred, the unwillingness to accept Trump as a winner is driving all of this chicanery the Democrats are engaging in. It is hate that is driving it. I understand Whitlock's point. And in quoting his piece and talking about it, people might have heard me say that I was agreeing with him, but it's over. I was just talking about his point he was making. It's all it was. I am by no means not mad. I'm by no means ambivalent about this. I'm as frustrated about this as the Russian hoax and all this other stuff because it never ends. It just keeps going. What really irritates me more than anything is that people vote for it. Folks, I thought, I really hoped that after, after five months of American leftists burning down American cities, destroying American businesses, destroying private property, that the people of this country would once and for all see who they are and vote against them. That's what I was hoping. I was hoping they'd finally expose themselves. You know, all this stuff that happened after COVID-19 hits and the lockdown hits. And then here comes these seven blue states and cities locking down, shutting down, the looting, the rioting, the fires, the explosions in New York, Chicago, Seattle, where they took over. Part of downtown Seattle literally took over other people's private property. I'm so saying this has got to open people's eyes. It's it's got to alert people what we are up against. It's got to alert people the Democrat Party is. And I don't know if it did or not, because there's too much damn vote fraud in these four states. We just we just don't know. Common sense would tell you the American people do not support this stuff. It stuff is not the majority. It's not how they want their country to operate and proceed. Anyway, uh, I appreciate the call, Michael. I got to go. Quick time out. We'll be back and continue after this. Greetings. Welcome back. Rush Limbaugh here on the cutting edge societal evolution. Democrats, this is a this is a tweet from Joel Pollack, who uh, uh, I don't know if he's still at Breitbart or not, but this is his tweet. Democrats... Filed 300 lawsuits to challenge election laws and procedures, which is partly why we have this vote by mail mess. Meaning the Democrats did this before the election. They filed 300 lawsuits to challenge existing election law and procedure, and I don't know that anybody knew they were doing it. They had their day in court. Now, Pollock's point is it's time Trump got his. They did this way in advance. A lot of you thought the Trump team was going to do something like this way in advance. And they may have. I don't know. But Joel Pollack is suggesting, the Democrats did, that he makes the great point here that, once again, Trump is standing for the rule of law. The media and the Democrats are standing for the exact opposite. They're trying to subvert it. Here's Lana in St. Augustine, Florida. Great to have you with us. Hello.
10: Hi, Rush. God bless you. My comment is... Joe Biden told us what happened on October 24th. It's probably the only time he has spoken the truth in his entire political career. He said, quote, we have put together the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the whole of American
3: history. Yeah, you know what he meant. What what do you think he meant?
10: I think he meant what was going on here, that Obama's staying in Washington, and the, the plan started immediately when Trump won. And all this has been going on for four years, and all this um, going on with dumping ballots back, you know, stamping them by hand, and everything that's going on now, going to the courts ahead of time, like you just mentioned, this has been going on for four years. And I think he finally told the truth
3: about what was going on. So you think that Biden was admitting that and bragging about the voter fraud organization they had put together in order to steal the election?
10: Exactly. That's exactly what I think.
3: Uh, Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lana. I, uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, some other news out there. Project Veritas, I mentioned this yesterday, released an undercover video of a Pennsylvania Postal Service whistleblower who said that ballots that are coming in today, tomorrow, yesterday, they're all supposed to be postmarked on November 3rd. They still want us to pick up ballots tomorrow, which is Friday the 6th, is today. And by coincidence, Biden gained 23,000 votes on the very day the whistleblower mentioned. Biden picks up 23,000 votes overnight after this whistleblower admits that his bosses have told all these drivers to run out and pick up ballots tomorrow. On Wednesday, Project Veritas released a similar video. Michigan, United States Postal Service whistleblower, says he was ordered to backdate late mail-in ballots. Michigan USPS whistleblower detailed a directive from superiors, backdate late mail-in ballots as received on November 3rd, 2020, so that they will be accepted. Separate them from standard letter mail so they can hand stamp them with yesterday's date and put them through, the whistleblower said. Same thing in Nevada. USPS carrier caught on tape promising voter fraud. Three different instances from James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. From Fox News, more than 150,000 ballots processed but undelivered before Election Day, and the numbers expected to grow in the coming days as more data is released. This is a story from yesterday. The Postal Service failed to deliver 150,000 completed ballots to polling stations before Election Day, including 12,000 in five of the states where the U.S. still eagerly awaits a final count. The number is expected to grow in the coming days as more data is released. But Pennsylvania, where 3,439 ballots were delayed, is still accepting ballots until Friday, so long as they were postmarked by Election Day. That's not true, by the way. Thanks to a court in Pennsylvania made up of five elected Democrats, Pennsylvania is going to accept ballots that do not even have a postmark. And there's a story here from Summit News. Biden got more votes than Democrat senators got in swing states. We've been through that. This swing state Biden performance where he underperformed Hillary and Obama everywhere but these four cities in these four states. It's so curious. Here's Gene in Raleigh, North Carolina. You're next. Great to have you on the EIB network. Hello.
11: Hi, Rush. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm calling to let you know that my husband and I, we stood in line on the second day of the early voting in North Carolina. For three hours in the rain, we get in to vote. My husband goes up to the table to get his ballot, and they say, oh, you've already voted. And my husband said, I did not just stand in the rain for three hours waiting to vote if I had already voted. So they had to call downtown, cancel that vote, whoever voted for him, issue another ballot to him, and let him vote. And we were absolutely furious. We feel that there's definitely fraud going on all over the country. And we also felt like that, he well, he wouldn't have stood in line for three hours to vote in the rain.
3: Well, at least they let him fix the ballot. I mean, uh, they could have, have play hardball and say, you're not going to play fraud with us. You've already voted. We're not going to let you vote a second time.
11: That's they, true. It, but we felt like we told them this is why we need voter ID in
3: this country so this was in Raleigh North Carolina I, that, that, that's yes, sir. how did this happen you ever find out who, who was it that voted for you or your husband no
11: my husband he he said if he had been quick about it he said he would have liked to have known how that person voted and who it was but I mean we were just trying to get through because like I said we've been standing out in the cold well, rain how
3: did you know how do you, how do you know they actually canceled the first ballot that they said he had already cast
11: well, they said they did. It was a supervisor, and he got to vote again, and it counted. It went through the machine. So, again, we can only take them at their word. Right.
3: Yeah, that's where we are. Okay. It is. Jean, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you got through. Appreciate all these stories. We'll be back and continue after this. It's the fastest three hours in media. Mama got a squeeze box. This is The Who in the bumper rotation, the EIB network. We've got one big exciting broadcast hour remaining. Uh, Next week, folks, is treatment week for me. We'll be here on Monday. And then, as you know, the rest of the week is uh, up for grabs, depending on how the infusion goes and the side effects of it all. We'll take a big break here. Be back before you know it. Don't go anywhere.
5: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Greetings, welcome back. Great to have you with us, my friends. Open Line Friday and the fastest three hours in media. My name is Rush Limbaugh, and I am America's real anchorman, America's truth detector, and the doctor of democracy. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday! All right, full disclosure. A number of people have called today, and Mr. Snurdley has put them up there. You said that you would tell us when it's time to panic. You said that you thought the election was over. You said this and you said that. And so let me try to answer all of these uh, challenging questions that you have. Yes, I've told you when it's time to panic. I have said over and over again that I'll tell you when it's time to panic. It isn't time to panic because I'm never going to panic. I'm never going to give up. So, no, it's not time to panic. It's not time to run away. It's not time to walk away. It's never going to be time to run away or walk away from the country. I'm never going to run away from the United States of America. I may die, but I'm not going to run away from the United States of America. I'm not going to give up I am not going to tell you to give up. I'm not going to tell you to walk away. I'm not going to tell you it's time to panic. You can keep asking if you want, but I'm always going to tell you no. Even though I've told you I'll tell you when it's time to panic, it's never going to be time to panic. You know why? Panic never accomplished anything. So if, you, if you're thinking that we've gotten to a point where even I might tell you that we've reached the last draw, no way. Never, ever. Not going to happen, folks. Not as long as I'm drawing a breath. There will never be panic. There will never be walking away. There will never be abandoning the country. And there sure as hell isn't going to be me telling you to. That was always designed as a humorous point, like a rhetorical question. I'll tell you when it's time to panic, but it's never going to be. Now, let me tell you what I think is going on here. And let me, since we're into full disclosure, let me tell you something that happened yesterday. And I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, You tell me, you're sitting in my chair and this happens. You get a note from somebody that you know, who's desperate, asks you to use the power of your audience to raise 50 million dollars. For the resistance effort here. There is no way. There is no way under the sun. That I'm going to turn this program into a fundraising effort. I'm not going to use you that way. But what would you think. If you're sitting here and you got that request. By the way the person's not part of the campaign. The person that was asking me to do this is not part of the Trump inner circle. So don't. Don't start thinking. Oh my God! They've gotten up. No, it was not the Trump people doing this. It was somebody else that that that. This I resent this fundraising business. I despise it. I always have. I could never do it. That's why I've told you I'd never run for office because you got to run out and ask people for money. I couldn't do that. And then and and one of the reasons is you're obligated to pay them back. Usually with policy or some other consideration. There's a lot of opportunists, is the point. But it could also mean uh, that that there may be financial challenges in mounting whatever effort needs to be mounted here. I don't know. Not part of it. Not privy to it. But I don't think that's the case. But here's what else is going on, I think. I, I think, for, I, like, I've tried to impress these people... When when I say they hate Donald Trump, it's true. What they really are is scared to death of Trump and what he means, what what he poses as a threat to the Washington that has existed uh, in since since, since post World War II. McCain even talked about it. McCain asked the question during uh, during the. The two thousand sixteen campaign, when Trump is running around, "Make America Great Again," and talking about uh, bringing Americans home and doing all the, McCain's openly asked, "Why would we want to destroy this world order that we set up after World War II?" Well, because that world order is a globalist world order. That world order subordinated the United States to a global organization that was run by the euro nation the eurozone you know we had this massive love for the europeans cuz they they have trains and stuff and uh they're cleaner and their transportation this kind of stuff and and there was a after after world war 2 and after we won there there's a there was a little bit of a guilt complex on the part of many americans Said, you know, we don't deserve to be the one superpower. We don't deserve to be this or to be that. There needs to be a balance, so let's create the Soviet Union, so we did that. Um, And Trump is looking at all this. It doesn't make any sense. We want to make America great again. We want to make America the centerpiece and the focal point of the world because we're the good guys. And we have proven that we are the solution to the world's problems. We are not the world's problem. Well, the Washington establishment set themselves up with all the perks of being in the establishment, which are financial and family. They got scared to death. They never thought Trump would win, They laugh at him, make fun of him, make America great again, nothing but racism, return to slavery. Then he wins. Oh, no, they're scared to death. Because he means it. He means it when he starts talking about draining the swamp. He means it when he wants to make America great again. He means it when he wants to return power to the middle class. He means it when he wants to return power to blue-collar Americans. He means it when he says that the United States needs to have a border so that we don't get overrun. The new world order said, let's not have a border or let's not enforce it because we're citizens of the world and we can handle the influx. We need it for labor, whatever. Trump says, no, we don't need it. We have Americans we need to promote and take care of. Anyway, they're scared to death. They have been scared to death for four years that Trump was succeeding. And I'm talking about... Republicans as well as Democrats. It's not just Democrats who oppose Donald Trump. The entirety of the Republican establishment does, too. And there are a lot of them. And that's why when you ask, where is the help for Trump? Where is the assistance? He doesn't have it because the Republican establishment does not want him to prevail here. The Republican establishment wants Biden to win. Never Trumpers are part of the Republican establishment, they're out there pro-Biden, voting for Biden, urging people to vote for Biden. They are not helping Trump. They're not interested in helping Trump stay. What they want in 2024 is all of you Trump voters. They're going to try to hold on to you while they get rid of Trump. That's what's going on. I think. My own little theory here. Let me see if I can run through this for you. Now, the Democrat strategy in all of this is to simply ignore everything except what they're saying. Declare Biden the winner and move on. That's what's on the agenda. As soon as they can do this, and believe me, they got time. They'll be patient. They'll hold out for Murdoch to do it. They'll hold out for Fox News to give him Nevada, make him the president. That's what they're all waiting for. Just like they want Fox to be the ones to humiliate Trump. They want it full circle. They want the network that made Fox, uh, that made Trump. They want the network Trump relied on. They want everybody who loved Trump to turn on him. They want everybody to sabotage him. They want everybody who spent any time with any power whatsoever supporting Trump. They want them to turn on CNN. Could declare Biden the winner today, right now, if they wanted to. MSNBC, ditto. ABC, CBS, CBS, NBC. They could declare. All they have to do is give him Arizona and Nevada, and they could declare him the winner. They're not doing it. They've got time. They want Murdoch to do it. Rupert, Mur- they want Fox News to do it. They're waiting on Arnon Michigan, who runs the decision desk at Fox News, to make the call. That would be music to their ears. Fox News has declared Joe Biden the next president of the U. That's what they want to hear. That's what they're angling for. That's what they're waiting on. So the Democrat strategy, media strategy, just ignore all this chaos. Go ahead and run their vote fraud, confident nobody will ever be able to produce any evidence of it, and then say it's time to move on. And they're going to be assisted in this by people like Mitt Romney, Ben Sass. These guys have never liked Trump. They don't like Trump now. They're just as eager for Trump to bite it as they always have been. Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, he has already abandoned Trump. You've got the Never Trumpers, the Jonah Goldbergs and the Bill Crystals and that bunch. And they're being joined by others now at National Review and others who are finally decided, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it trying to trop, prop, prop Trump up. It just didn't More and more people are joining the abandoned tr- on the Republican side. This is all about saving the Washington establishment. It's all about making sure that Trump does not succeed in getting reelected and continuing to drain the swamp and continuing to empower you, the people who make this country work. The subtext of this is that they love the idea of junking Trump. These Republicans, the, the, we know the Democrats do, but I'm talking about the Republican establishment. They love the idea of junking Trump and holding the senate they are having orgasms over that and they're not giving trump credit for it no no trump had nothing to do with holding his senate no they did that on their own they're saying they're not giving trump credit for any of the minority vote that came to republican party but it's all him so is 50 seats in the house 50-50 Picking up enough seats in the House to be 50-50. Holding the Senate. That is all Trump. Not to them. They're going to ignore that Trump had nothing to do with it. They're going to disabuse the idea that Trump had anything to do with it. And what they're looking at is 2024. Now I'll throw you two names out there. There are two names that they think can capture You. You are MAGA. You are Make America Great Again. You're the Trump base. They think you'll go for Marco Rubio or Nikki Haley. 2024. It may disappoint you, but they think you're not going to go anywhere but them. They think you'll never sit it out. They think you love America too much. And whoever is nominated in 2024, that you'll end up, you MAGA people, you Trump supporters will end up, Supporting, and I'm I just, it could be two names, it could be others in the list too, but right now Marco Rubio and Nikki Haley are at the top of the list. The one person they're forgetting about in 2024, who who do you think, who they're forgetting in 2024? Donald J. Trump. If this thing goes the way these people in the drive-bys are trying to tell you it's going to go, in 2024, Say hello to Donald J. Trump seeking the nomination again. And who do you think is going to get it if Donald J. Trump seeks it in 2024? Donald J. Trump is going to get it if he seeks it again. That's the one thing. And I'm sure they're factoring it, trying to find a way to deal with it. Now, the Democrats are watching all this. The Democrats see what the Republican establishment is doing. And they like it. They like all this feuding. They like, they like these Republicans throwing Trump overboard. That's the best thing in the world that could have happened to them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, what a godsend. The Republican Party itself wants to destroy Trump. They don't even have to make much of an effort. The Republicans will do it for them. The Republicans, do you see them demanding a recount? Do you see the Republicans funding anything? Do you see the Republicans helping Trump anywhere? No. The Republicans think it's going to be better for them if they have a senile old guy like Biden in the White House. That'll be easier to run against, be easier to embarrass the Democrats. So this is a twofer. They get a senile old guy, does not know where he is as president, which they think is going to help him, and they get Trump thrown out of the way. You're asking the wrong person when you ask, is it time to... You need to ask, where is the Republican Party? Well, you know the answer to the question. Trump has been faced with this. I'll never forget. 2017, he's inaugurated. First thing he wants to do, reform. He wants to rewrite, replace Obamacare. And the Republicans in the House have no interest in helping him at all. Because they're believing the Russia hoax. They believed it. They thought it was true. They thought Trump was going to be sent packing. So Trump's first year was a total waste of time because his own party thought... That he had colluded. It was the most maddening, frustrating thing. So the Democrats, wow, this is great news. Just watch the Democrats, watch the Republicans implode, throw Trump overboard while the Republicans think they're gaining ground with a senile old guy in the White House. Just amazing what they had, what they could have, and they're throwing it away. No one but Trump could have done what he's done. Nobody but Trump could have put the Republicans in the position to dominate that they're in, and they don't even. I want to remind you about Legacy Box, folks. Uh, They provide a great service to so many people. They transfer family memories captured on old videotape and film. They do it on the digital files and DVDs. They have the expertise, they have the equipment to do it. They can take on every known videotape, cassette, or film type and make the transfer, no matter how old it is. You can't watch this stuff anymore because you don't have VHS or Betamax players. You don't have Super 8 film projector, but you got all these memories. They can transfer it. Now, just to give you an idea, they've done this now for 850,000-plus families nationwide. This is one project that really is worth taking on. Most of us... Have all these old pictures, videos, reels of film stored away. We haven't seen them in years, decades in some cases. You just need Legacy Box. In a couple of weeks, they will transfer all those old films and VHS, whatever video format you've got. They'll put it on DVD or thumb drive, send it back to you in two weeks. And from there, you can copy it, edit it, give it to everybody else in the family and never, ever not be able to see it again. The rewards are so great. Rediscovery of all those old events and memories bring so many smiles. So much laughter. It's good mood inducing. So start the project online. Go to legacybox.com/slash rush. See if you put the slash rush in there, you'll save some money. 50%, in fact. 50% off the regular price. They will ship you the legacy box. It's just, it's, it's. Uh, shielded and protected so that what you put in it doesn't get damaged. They ship you the Legacy Box. You put all the cassettes, all the film reels, all the photos, whatever you've got, you put it in that box and you send it back to them. And in two weeks' time, they'll have it transferred however you want it. Cloud file, DVD, thumb drive, you name it. Legacybox.com slash Rush. Is the name of the website? Uh, I'm looking at the clock. Yeah, there's not enough time to be fair with this uh, with this caller. But I do have other things here in the in the stack. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Mike in Holly Hill, Florida. I want you to hold. You're the next caller. He's got an open line Friday question for me, and then he wants to discuss some of the uh, stuff going on, Hillary and Biden. The uh, uh, he, I think. No, he's not disagreeing with me on my—he's not disagreeing with a previous caller. Biden said, we've got the most perfect voter fraud set up ever. I I I think what Biden meant by that was they've got the best system to catch people engaging. I don't think he was admitting they were going to do it. The uh, GOP—I'm just going to read a little blurb here as I got it. The GOP just filed a lawsuit— in Pennsylvania, to block all late ballots. Uh, That's all I know. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know what what specifics are involved. And when it says GOP, um, I'm not even sure what that is, given so much of the GOP is anti-Trump. So we have to wait and see. But there has been a lawsuit filed to block all late ballots in uh, in Pennsylvania if that men if that if if that succeeds or succeeded do you realize how many of those 700,000 votes that have gone to Biden might not be valid if the lawsuit would prevail and that of course is a wild card here is uh, Mike in Holly Hill Florida I'm glad you waited
7: great to have you on the program sir hello Thanks, Russ. Dittos. Great to talk with you. Thank you very much. Rush, we pray for you every day, and we thank God for you every day. I appreciate that. Open Line Friday question. Yeah, You never, you never say it, and I've, all, I've always wondered about it. You'd love to fly. You love airplanes, and you know everything there is to know about them, <laughs> it sounds like. But do you ever fly yourself? Or are you the pilot? Nope. Never? You never mm,
3: want to? Nope, nope. Sometimes, sometimes a number two seat, but never in the number one seat. No, I'm not. I I I there was a time where I really did want to learn to fly back when I was in um, my late teens. And then radio hit and I forgot all about learning to fly and everything else. I just became totally focused on uh, on radio. But nope, I'm 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 content. I'm content to ride in it. I'm content to know how it works. I'm content to know. How, I, I think if something happened, I could go up there and save it. But do I actually fly it? No.
7: Wow. Well, that that has that has just been a, a point of curiosity for me for a long time, and I'm glad I finally got through. Thank you, sir. Well, you the question. Well, there you have the answer. I do. Thank you so much. Now, my other point is that Hillary telegraphed this whole business. She told Joe Biden just what, what four weeks ago or less to. Joe, don't concede. Don't concede, no matter what. What do you think she meant by that? Oh, maybe she just had an inside track on what was happening. Maybe she just figured out that they were going to solve all these votes in there and that he couldn't lose because they had it. They, they were- you know,
3: I know it looks that way, but I think with Mrs. Clinton, you, you have to first realize that everything's about her. In her life, and, and even, you know, advising Biden, it's all about her. What she was really saying was that she shouldn't have conceded, that she made the mistake of conceding, and that Biden shouldn't make the same mistake. I don't think she was telling Biden not to concede strategically, because that's how they can beat Trump I think she was saying don't make the mistake I made don't let them have it do not give it to them if uh, you know she I I think she's mad that she listened to people like John Podesta and some of her other advisors because if you recall if you go back to election night 2016 she wouldn't show up she would not concede and Podesta is having to take the stage and try to solve all of the angst and the panic that exists on the Hillary Clinton side, she will not show up. They had this place. They had a hotel ballroom like they all do. And she was going to have a big celebration party because none of them thought that Trump was going to win. Nobody thought Trump was going to win. Trump wins at 2 o'clock in the morning after they stop the count from midnight to one thirty. Then they send Podesta out at 2 o'clock in the morning or one forty-five, to say that Hillary has uh, gone into a cocoon or something and that they're going to try to get her to show up somewhere the next day. But she would not confuse that night. And what happened was that a bunch of her people told her she had to, that she lost. And in her case, it wasn't close. The Electoral College— she got smoked. There was, there was nothing close about it. All they had was the popular vote margin, and that was strictly because of California. It was a 2 million or 3 million vote margin, but it was irrelevant because Trump had a massive 306 or more electoral votes. It was over. And they got to, they finally convinced her to concede the next morning, and I think it was at 10 or 10.30. Remember, she went out there, and she looked really bad. She looked like she had not slept the night before. She looked angry, upset, panicked, disappointed, depressed, disbelief, shock, you name it. And I am convinced that she thinks she made a mistake by conceding, that if she had not conceded, that she might have become president. So she's telling Biden, whatever you do, don't do what I did. I don't think that she was telling Biden, here's how you win. This is, I just, because I think everything's about her. Here's, uh, here's Lori, Lori in Winterport, Maine. Welcome to the EIB network. Hello.
6: Hi, Rush. God bless you and everything that you've done over these 30 years, everything you do to keep us informed. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Northern Maine, our one electoral vote up here at least counted for Trump. Southern part of the state can't speak for everything. But anyway, my question, I want to know what you think, because if Biden does get in, and I haven't given up yet, but if Biden gets in having stolen the election... I don't see Trump supporters. There are so many of us in all the trains and all the rallies. I don't see them just rolling over and taking it. You know, usually we're not like the Democrats where we whine and hold cry-ins and, you know, go out and beat somebody up or, you know, do something. We just we suck it up. We might complain, but then we focus on the next time around. But this is just unprecedented in all the elections I've been in. This is my most stressful. And I'm just wondering what you think Trump supporters do if Trump doesn't get in the White House?
3: Well, I don't think that you or any other Trump voter is going to roll over. Now, look, there's a lot of you. And in a large group of people, you do not have perfectly uniform behavior. So you're you're, you're going to have some. You're going to have some. and It's not very many, but you're going to have some throw their hands up in frustration. And they're going to say it depends on their age, depends on how long that they have been at this depends on how much passion they've invested versus how much they have left. Some of them are going to say, I don't have any more left. I I, 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 I can't I can't do this for four more years. And they're just going to they're going to spend their time on other things. I don't think not a lot of them, but some will. I think the vast majority, it's a lot of young people. You see these rallies? (laughs) A lot of young people. I think they're fired up. I think they're just getting going. I think Trump has brought a bunch of new blood in. I think they like the taste of it. I think they're going to stay revved up and they're going to wait for whatever Trump does next. I mean, that agenda that Trump had, they're all going to wish that that's what America was doing. They're going to try to make that agenda a reality. I'm firmly convinced. No
6: other politician that I know of has ever gotten the kind of responses that he has with the rallies, like that ninety-six mile Trump train, the Amish having a Trump train. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, so if the election is stolen, I see that somebody's going to want to be doing something going forward. To I don't know, we're 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 going to have to do something. We can't just sit back
3: and let our country. And uh, you're not going go to you're, 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 you're not. You're look. You're, you're going to have. We are going to have the mechanism to stop them. You're going to have, it looks like, a pretty close to equal number of Republicans in the House. It may well be that Pelosi doesn't even win the speakership. Let me tell you, they're mad as hell at her right now. I don't know how that, if that holds up. I don't know if it manifests itself that they vote her out in January. You never know. And holding the Senate, they have just put the kibosh on the left-wing agenda. The Biden agenda, the crazy-burning agenda has just had the brakes put on it, unless the Republicans totally cave. Uh, but I, I, I think that the uh, people you're talking about are, are not going to want to give up. They're not going to want the agenda that Trump brought uh, to, to be lost. They're going to do what they can to uh, keep it alive. They realize there's another election in two years. The midterms in two years. You can take the House back. And then there's another presidential election in 2024. But, you know, life goes on. American politics, the business of the country goes on. Younger people feed into the system all the time. They bring with it their enthusiasm. The cynics that get old, yeah, they may drift away, go by the wayside, but there's always enthusiasm because there is always going to be love for America. There's always going to be, in my estimation, a huge majority of people who love this country, who want the best for this country and the people who live in it. There is always going to be a majority of Americans who want the Trump make America great agenda now that they've seen it. They're going to want it. They're going to do what they can to continue it. People are not going to give up. They're not going to tune out. They're not going to get depressed. They ought to hell with it. They're not going to think, ah, we got screwed. We can't win. They're going to double down and try like I've done. Like we, folks, we're in my 32nd year here. We've won some. We've lost some. During the 32 years, we thought we lost it all a couple of times. What do we do? We hung in. We hung in. We showed up every day. We went to work. We did whatever we had to do. And we did what we could to make this country a better place. And that's always going to happen. There will always be a majority of Americans who want that to be the case. No matter how depressing it looks in the aftermath of an election defeat, that will pass. Human beings are human beings. They will gravitate to the positive, to the positive and the possible. And then watching what the Democrats do, the Democrats and their efforts are going to tick people off and bring other people back in because people are never going to give up on their country. You and I, people like us, are never going to give up on this country. We live here. Your kids live here. Your grandkids. You're never going to give up on this country. And because of that, that's why I have always had faith in the future. It's because of you. Because I know who you are and I know how you look at the country and I know what your hopes and dreams for it are and I know what your own personal hopes and dreams are. Got to take a break. We'll be back after this. And we are back. Hey folks, uh, putting technology to use can improve many things around your home. Making your home safe is just one of those things. Simply safe. Home security system. Great, great, great example of this. Years ago, they invented a system that makes your home safer and more secure without using wires. I cannot tell you how innovative that is. It saves a lot of money. It takes all kinds of complexity out, both in installation and troubleshooting. It makes it just so revolutionary. No wires. Uses Wi-Fi. All the sensors that you deploy communicate with the base station via Wi-Fi. So you've got simply safes wireless technology connecting all the sensors, doors and windows. Same is true for motion detectors, sound detectors that protect every room and because all of this is now wireless, you can install it yourself. You can do it in a condominium, an apartment or a house. Wherever you call home. The entire system you can you can install this in less than an hour. It arrives pre-tested preconfigured. All you have to do is place the devices, the sensors around your home where you want them. It's actually the fun part. That's how you become intimately aware of your system. You get to choose whether you want 24/7 professional monitoring. That's where they call the cops if there's a break-in. That's only 14.99 a month and there's no monthly or no no contract, no 2-year contract. No obligation. It's monthly. 14.99. See The system at SimplySafeUSA.com. That's where you'll buy it as well. Free HD camera to go with the system. That's a $100 value tossed in El Fribo. SimplySafeUSA.com. Grab audio soundbite number 11. I've been hyping this. I've been telling you about this all day. I want you to hear it. This is Jake Tapper. CNN's special coverage, the election 2020 this morning. This is a matter of life and death.
9: I don't normally talk about any competing network, but the Murdochs and the people at Fox have an obligation to put their country above their profits. It is very important that people make it very clear that this election, there is no credible evidence that we have seen of widespread fraud. By all accounts, Joe Biden is on the precipice of becoming the next president, fair and square, and people who have the privilege of sitting in seats like like we're sitting in right now, have the obligation to convey that to their viewers so that there is a peaceful transfer of power and so that there isn't violence.
3: So you see, Fox News had better be the ones to declare that Biden has won. Otherwise, there will be violence. Everybody knows these Trump people are dangerous. Everybody knows these Trump-supported... <laughs> You know, it's the exact opposite. The Trump people do not do violence. Jake, it's your Democrat viewers in Seattle and Portland and Minneapolis and New York. They are the ones where all the violence was taking place. They are the ones setting buildings afire. They're the ones looting businesses. They're the ones tearing down portions of town. They are the ones taking over other people's property. You dare to say Fox News has a duty to call the election so that Trump's voters will not cause violence? Trump's voters are not violent. They haven't engaged in any violence. Another myth. Another cliche, another bigoted statement. What they really want. They want Rupert Murdoch to tell the people at Fox to call the race for Trump because they want total humiliation of Trump. They want the only network that gave Trump the time of day to turn on him. That's what they want. They're content. Oh, it would be the greatest day in the world if they could convince Rupert Murdoch to have somebody on Fox declare Trump the loser, or Biden the winner, however they would do it. Back in just a moment. Hey, get this. The software used to tabulate the votes in one county, I think in Pennsylvania, sent 6,000 Trump votes to Biden. That's announced today by the GOP. Keep a sharp eye on this if you're going to pay attention to news later on in the afternoon. we got to go, folks, out of time. See you back here on Monday.